Hey everybody, Zach here. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to make you all aware of a special promotion that we're running through Spontaneous. So for those of you who don't know, in addition to hosting the Behind the Stays podcast, I'm the co-founder of Spontaneous. Spontaneous is a weekly newsletter that brings folks the best last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Each week, my wife and I curate 150 of the best deals from Canada to the Caribbean, from California to Maine, and everywhere in between. And we are about to celebrate our one-year birthday. Woo! We're excited, and hope you are as well. In honor of this special occasion, we are doing an awesome promotion. We've partnered with some really cool brands like Cuts Clothing and Low and & Sons and some others to bring you special offerings during our birthday week. So if you have not already subscribed, please do so at spontaneous.com, and more details in the next couple of weeks will be coming out about this promotion. Essentially, the more people that you refer to Spontaneous, the more raffle tickets that you enter into the drawing. You can win things like new bags, new clothes, potentially even an Airbnb stay. So if you haven't done so already, head on over to sponstaneous.com. That's S-P-O-N-S-T-A-Y-N-E-O-U-S.com and subscribe. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Maris LeBlanc and J.R. Amanti the creators of The Little House of Essex, a chic cottage near the Connecticut River in the most quintessential of quintessential New England towns. Maris has spent her career in real estate, mostly brokering luxury waterfront homes along the Connecticut shoreline. When she met her now husband, JR, he was living in New York and working in finance, but his real passion lay in curating and managing classic and exotic cars. Maris encouraged JR to go all in on his passion, and soon after, he left New York, moved to Essex, Connecticut, and started GT Motorcars, a boutique vintage and exotic car dealership and collection management company. And it was here in Essex where Maris and JR bought a beautiful, oversized ranch-style home, which included a shed-like structure behind it. And while JR had hoped to transform this shed-like structure into a bachelor's pad, Maris had bigger aspirations. Tune in to hear the wonderful story behind the building of the Little House of Essex. All right, so you both are sitting on a plane and the person next to you turns to you, right? And they ask, where are you from and what do you do? And they're not a chatty Cathy. They don't wanna talk to you the entire flight, right? but they're not gonna let you get away with something like, I work in real estate and I live in Essex, Connecticut. So how do you respond when they ask, who are you and what do you do? So I'll I'll take that one first, Sonny. I would just say, tell them I'm from Connecticut, born and raised in Connecticut. Uh, I'm in the classic and exotic car industry. We buy, I buy and sell classic and exotic cars. Been doing this now for eight years. Prior to that, I worked in banking in New York and uh, did my CFA, 
you know, one day uh, her and I were talking and she's like, you know, you're really passionate about collector cars. So, you know, you really need, you should really just pursue your passion and make it a career. Huh. So uh, going eight years next month. Wow. And uh, so I buy and sell classic and exotic cars, manage portfolios of cars for clients. So pretty much similar to managing a stock portfolio, but for cars and then just get to travel to some pretty interesting places with our cars and meet some interesting people that we would normally wouldn't meet. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, you get to do what, like every, you know, three, five, eight year old kid who's playing with cars and wants to work with cars full time, right? When they grow when they get yeah. older, you get to actually do that. We actually do it. And you get to, you get paid to do that. Yeah, that's, paid to that's do pretty it. exciting. Yeah. Wow. So okay. I race cars, we take our cars to show. So it's, uh, it's fun. And she does it with me. So it's, it's really something I'm glad we share it together because I travel a lot. I mean, uh, mm. was it three weeks ago? I was in Germany for two and a half days. Wow. And two and, and a half like, days. Yeah, it was like, honey, I'm going to Germany, Germany. tomorrow. Do you mind? <laughs> you want to come? She's like, I can't. You know, we're planning a wedding and trying to get ready for Pebble Beach for our car trip. So, yeah, she goes, I, I can't go with you. So, yeah. But <sighs> this was a lot of travel involved. I think this year I've been on 30 or 32 planes already since wow. January. Jeez. So, yeah. And it's, you know, still, we're still coming out of a pandemic where people are in theory traveling less. So that's remarkable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, Maris, you're up. What about you? So I would tell them that I live in a very quaint and cute shoreline town that is right off of the Connecticut River. Um, we love the shoreline because we're able to kind of leave our crazy life behind us and come home and let the weight of the world, you know, lift off of our shoulders and just enjoy the water. The water mm. is really important to us. We do love it. Um, that I live my passion as well, which is real estate. I've been selling real estate my entire life. My mom's been a broker for 35 years. So wow. I have been selling real estate for 24 years and most people don't believe me. Um, but you know, when you're selling real estate, you have to live it every day. And so I do that. I live and walk and talk and breathe real estate every day. And my passion is beach community and waterfront homes. So I sell those and I represent them. I build them for hmm. and with clients and design them. And uh, whatever my client needs, I, I do. So real estate is my passion, my life, my career. And that's what I do. So I have to be honest with you. I was never really interested in real estate until my wife uh, and I watched Selling Sunset. And then after Selling Sunset, I was like, what is this life and how do I get into it? So I have to ask you, like, is that like, is it true? Is it, is it, is it that fun? It definitely is. Um, it's very stressful. Yeah. So I yeah. think Selling Sunset does really show um, the truth behind the stress levels and the chaos of the high net worth market. Um, but it really is a ton of fun. Um, you always have to be a step ahead. Hmm. You're playing chess every day. You are, you know, you are just, you're in it to win it. Yeah. yeah. And you have to stand out among the rest. It's huh. a highly competitive marketplace. Yeah. But again, when you are so devoted to educating yourself and just knowing everybody's job, when you can give a client a flawless process and an exceptional experience, hmm. you're going to, you're going to, you're going to succeed. I mean, the only place you're going to go is up. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, 
want to talk a little bit about where we are right now. So we, Gabby and I, uh, walked, you know, most nights, uh, after we signed off of work, we walked into the little village, which is about a 10 ish minute walk yeah. from here. And that's something we've never done yet. Okay. (laughs) And we were, I mean, we were just so surprised. Like we stumbled into this, like the most quintessential of quintessential New England towns. Right. And I mean, Gabby made this remark. She said, you know, it, it seems like we just stumbled upon like the set of a Hallmark like movie. Right. It's just, I mean, it's so picturesque. So can, what can you guys tell us about Essex? Well, she could tell you more than I could, but what I know about it, I mean, obviously, it's growing up, I used to come here as a kid. My parents, they celebrate their anniversary dinner at the Griswold Inn, which is oh, the wow. oldest inn in America. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So, revolutionary time, yeah, 1770s. If you look at the houses, a lot of them are the early 1800s, some are pre-1776, so really interesting history. Um, but it's a very, very, you know, old English, you know, town. Uh, but it, it, is, it does look like uh, something out of a Hallmark movie. Uh, but it's, especially winter time, it's really nice. I mean, they have the horse-drawn carriage out front and the steam train, I'm not sure if you guys got to see it or go on it, but yeah, it is, it is an old, an old town. I mean, Maris can tell you more about who comes here now and who's been here, but yeah. Yeah. Well, tell go, us. well, going back to the Hallmark movie, um, we have had several Hallmark movies use our post office as a backdrop okay. for Christmas movies. No way. I'm and not surprised. Not yes. surprised. And it would be, you know, during the summer months or even the fall, and they bring in these big machines and they just blow snow everywhere and they shut down the the main street and they they video and we have you know we have famous people there and uh the movie cameras are rolling and it's really it's an exciting (laughs) time for our town yeah yeah Yeah. so is like talk to us about the the community here like who who lives here who you know comes here where i mean again we were walking around and looking at these beautiful homes right noticing like names on homes which i'm assuming were original original yeah original original homes and Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, again, it's it's just impossible not to feel like you just again entered the set of a of a movie. So, mm-hmm. who who comes here? Who visits here? Like, who who lives here full time? Was this normally was this like a vacation destination for a while? Or what can you tell us about the community? I'll let you take that one, honey. Yeah, so. I'm. I feel like you know the history of the community is very. The community is very passionate about its history. Okay. And Main Street in the village is a historical district, and those homes have been unbelievably preserved and renovated to be in their original state and improved. You know, to what you're seeing. Yeah. Um. The people that live here, we have an older demographic who lives here. We have very small schools. We have, you know, this is a slower pace of living here. Mm. Um, It's a higher median level of real estate. So um, it's a more expensive town to live in. Uh, We have a big New York presence here. Okay. Um, And many of them found the town uh, before the pandemic. The pandemic is not what has brought New York here. Okay. Um, But I think that, 
you know, leaving the city and coming to a, ta a little town that, you know, has a green where you're overlooking the cove and we have music and we have a parade for everything. <laughs> Even Groundhog Day, yeah. we have a parade for everything here in this town and it's fun and, you know, the shop owners are local and they mm. know everybody and they're welcoming and the people who own restaurants here, they live here and they own businesses, other businesses here, mm. you know, so it's a very tight knit community and it's a very welcoming community. You love it. Love it. No, that's the, that's the vibe. I like the, the, the ethos of the place does feel very welcoming, very inviting. Uh, we were, we stumbled upon this like concert downtown, um, downtown in the, in the, in the yeah, village. Yeah. And, um, it was like Thursday night, I think. And it sounds like it, everybody was there. I mean, like everyone brought their lawn chairs, people brought their pizza and their beer yeah. and they're hanging out and there's live music. I mean, it was just like this, again, an experience where we're from the city, right? And yeah. it's like, you know, it's, things happen in the city all the time. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> seeing the whole community kind of come together out of the woodwork, right? Like for an event, just, it felt, it felt very familial. Um, and felt very, very, you know, special. So there's definitely something magical about, about this, this place. Anything else you would add to that, JR? No, I mean, it's a, uh, I mean, typically it's a upper class town, you know, it was, it is an older town, but more younger people are finding it, you know, more, I mean, we have neighbors up the hill that we met, uh, just being outside every day to say, Hey neighbors, great job on the yard. And then we just became really good friends of ours. They're probably the, uh, you know, next youngest besides us, in, at least in the neighborhood. Yeah. So it's, it is typically an older clientele here, but it is, you know, younger people are filtering in. Um, there's another couple from New York City that moved to the house behind us. So it's, uh, yeah, mostly New Yorkers are finding their way here and discovering the place, you know, as an escape in the city. We were, we were remarking too that, you know, especially we've been all over the country over the past year and we've stayed in some really, really, really small towns, yeah. right? But what seems cool about this place is, I mean, there's everything that you need, yeah. right? Like really good food. We haven't had yes. a bad meal yet, no. right? I mean, just beautiful streets, right? There's parks, right? We, you know, there's a gym. I mean, there's everything that you could want and it's all so close. It's all very, very accessible. Yeah. And so, you know, we were we were joking. We we're like, maybe we should move to Essex. Like, who knew? Like, who knew of this place? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've we've been sending photos to our friends. And we're like, you guys got to come. You guys yeah, got to yeah. check out this place. And uh, what what do, like, the locals think about tourists? Like, you, you mentioned it was a welcoming community. But, like, how do people feel about, like, oh, wow. this? this it almost seems like this, like, secret, right? Like, the, the magic here seems... Like it should be kept secret because if not, I don't know why everyone isn't moving here. Yeah. So how, how do how do you all feel about that? How you do know, people I think feel about that? Maybe you know more than myself, but just from what I interpret and see, I mean, a lot of people are just very private, stick themselves, I and mean, there are a lot of celebrities that come and you just you don't know it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know Billy Joel had his boat at the marina for a while down in at Essex Island. Um. It, you, you wouldn't know it. You yeah. Know? So there are people that come here high profile people that are just very private. Everybody kind of keeps their minds their own business. Hmm. It's not quite like the Hamptons, if you will, where sure, everybody sure. has to be seen. You know, people who would rather not be seen. Yeah. So everybody just expects tourism in the summer. But what we found since the pandemic is people moved here full time, you know, on a regular weekday night, we'd be able to walk into a restaurant in the winter with no reservation. Now we'll go in to I don't know if you guys went to La Marea or not. 
uh, the no. giant place down we, the corner. No, but we see it, and it's bumping every yeah. time we drive by. We'll go there on Wednesday or Thursday. We'll be walking to get a table. We'll walk in. Do you have a reservation? I'm like, a reservation? It's Wednesday in the middle of winter. <laughs> you know, why would we need one? So we found that more people have been staying here. Okay. So it's, you know, it's been great for the local businesses here, which has really been good, especially post-COVID. A lot of them shut down. Yeah. So the ones that were able to, you know, survive at least have been thriving. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but a lot of them are private, and they, they just expect tourism in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the winter locals do find it frustrating. They can't get in anywhere, you know, grocery yeah. store, restaurants. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. I find it frustrating. Yeah, because so. we do expect the tourism during the summer months. Sure. You know, that's actually the time that JR and I, we head up north up to yeah. a little place called West Hartford. Okay. And it has some of the best Zagat rated restaurants really in our area. And it's a 40 minute drive from here. So we go north when everybody comes here to <laughs> enjoy their vacations. You know, um, we have our local places where we can walk in and they will squeeze us in because we are there two or three sometimes four times a week you like to (laughs) eat out a lot um but no i think that it's expected we we are real proponents of local and small business we want to Mm. support our local and small business and we want them to be successful so having the you know the tourism and even having more people move into our communities is, is only for their benefit which which we do want them to succeed so no i think it's i think it's a good thing well said. Well said. Well, I want to transition and talk a little bit about the cottage, this beautiful place that uh, we've been staying in for almost a week now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to hear the story behind the place. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about, right, like what, you know, inspired the build of the cottage, how you guys thought about sort of designing it, and ultimately why you decided to list it on Airbnb. Yes. Uh, I can give Maris could take all the credit for Airbnb because it's up to me. I, no way. Nobody's coming to my house. <laughs> Nobody's coming to the stuff we just spent all of you know all this money on to redo. Yeah. Um, that was going to be a man cave. Nice, an okay. air hockey table, a race car simulator, a bar, a pool table. Oh, like dude, where, I feel for you. I'm sorry. That was going to be sorry. where my son and you know our son and I and my friends can go hang out, crash. We don't disturb her, and that was going to be our hangout. And she's like, "Honey, no way. We're not going to do that. It's going to make us money." So. Um, <laughs> So we uh, that was on the property. It was I think it was a, a shed at one point. A shed or where a the guy garage? Used to, where the guys used to mm. shuck clamps, I think, because the walls are concrete. They're block. Yes. Uh, and which we learned during the, the during the construction. construction. We did not know that so before. So we were going to take it down, level it, and rebuild it. We couldn't. A, it was ridiculous to do it, and I think B with the zoning, I don't think we could. No. Huh. But right, right. Uh, we did have people as we were building this house, rebuilding this house, I should say, knock on the door to try and rent it out, like for the year, yeah, like permanently. They wanted wow. to move in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then um, when we finished it, a guy had stopped us and said, "Oh, his in-laws, his daughter-in-law, I think, was coming. Her daughter was moving back. Could he? Could she rent it out for the year? And no way, you know. Mm-mm. So, uh, so Maris had said, let's Airbnb it or VRBO." Right. So, yeah. So from the beginning, the plan was always yeah. to Airbnb it because yeah. we did not want somebody living well, full time. my plan of a man cave. Yeah. Well, yes, the man cave was was now officially dead. Mm. Um, so then we decided that we were going to Airbnb <laughs> yeah. it because we did not want somebody living on site full time. Yeah. 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 That's when the place gets destroyed and yeah. ran to the ground. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, you know? yeah. so as somebody who has, I had 25 tenants at the peak of my being a landlord. Wow. And, you know, that was back in my 20s and those days are over for me but um you know I just loved the idea of 
renovating this space to it the highest level. Because so, there is nothing down here. Like if you go even the Griswold Inn, it's like five or six hundred a night. Yeah. It's old. It's very it's dated. Yeah. It's very if you go to the Saver Point Inn, also old, also antiquated. Well, it's older. Yeah. And we you know, when we travel, we like to stay in a nice posh place. So we did this place over like we did our house. It's got heated floors and marble in the bathrooms and just, you know, a nice so when someone comes there, it's like a little mini, you know, four seasons or yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. We yeah. wanted to create an amazing experience. Mm. So with that being said, you know, it took us it took us, I wanna say, eight to nine months to renovate that place. Yeah, we did most of it ourselves. Yeah. Wow. We we gutted it. And we really had, it's a small space. So yeah. we had to work with how is it going to function? Yeah. How are we going to yeah. fit furniture in here where somebody's going to be comfortable? What if yeah. they're here for a week or two weeks? Yeah. You know, I don't want them to feel like they're in a closet yeah, because yeah, yeah. the house is only what? 550, yeah. 600 square feet at the most. Right. So, um, it took a lot of thought process when, when we did it, but the most important thing was, was that of a warm, cozy, it was going yeah to be inviting it was going to be high end it was going to have luxuries that they may not have at home mm. yeah it was just going to be something that exceeded expectations yeah yeah you know yeah so that was really the whole theory behind doing this yeah yeah, yeah. and then we did the patio on the back of the fire pit yeah which i have to ask did you guys use the fire pit Oh, we have not used the fire it's pit funny. yet. You know what? One person used the fire pit. Really? Every, yeah. Nobody uses it. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, I think it rained a couple nights okay. or whatever, and so we didn't use it. But we had every intention of using it last night and, and didn't. But yeah. hey, tonight, maybe. Yeah. Let me get back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, honestly, but I, I, I will just take a moment to say that that outdoor space, what it does, too, is it makes the entire place feel a lot larger, right? Because yeah. it is a small cottage. Yeah. But even even so, it's like I mean, we we lived in a seven hundred and fifty square foot uh, apartment in D.C. Yeah. before hitting the road, and I mean, this place feels bigger than our apartment did. Yeah, and I think it's because you guys have done such a great job at figuring space. out. All right, like how do you how do you like literally maximize every square foot of this yeah. place mm -hmm. for efficiency for yeah, comfort, exactly. right? And I think that the outdoor space just adds to it. Yeah. Um, in a way that like if it, if it just wasn't there even if even if it was just the patio and it, you know you didn't have the fireplace yeah. out there it would feel smaller than it actually is yeah. so I, you know for what it's worth i think it's you know it was a good decision even if yeah. people don't use it as much yeah. as they should perfect thank you no but i mean you know we we have been staying there as i said for about a week yeah. and we were working you know full time everything's been you know perfect for for us and i'm curious like the design, right? It does feel like you guys have this uh, this fireplace, right? Inside, outside the wall, yeah, uh, it, yeah, in, yeah. As part of the wall, right? And like, it, it just, it, it, we love it. It's, it's yeah. super cool. And I'm uh, like, why, why that? Like, how did you guys decide to split, like, split the rooms up? Like, did you think about just one open space as opposed to sort of like the entry like living room, and then you've got like a, a little study, if if you will, sort of on the side before the bedroom. How did you guys decide to sort of split the space up? 
Well, because it's so small, if we didn't want it to feel like a railroad ah, okay. car, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like a railroad car would be, you know, just long and narrow, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to create a separate space, we said, you know what, let's, because we were thinking, you know, where the bedroom was, yeah. do we just open up the entire floor plan and then just start from scratch and just have an open box and mm. then redo the walls? Mm. Um, and what we had decided was the kitchen made the most sense at the entry and we have apartment stop we have small appliances yeah. but they're f- they're fully functional yeah right yeah so you do have they're powerful too they you, heat up really quick yes <laughs> so we got super high-end appliances for small spaces we Wanted to make sure you guys had, you know, the slab quartz yeah. and the slab backsplash and the microwave off the counter yeah, and yeah. the big deep sink. And there's no dishwasher, but we have two drying stations yep. where you can, you know, take care of that. So it was just a matter of how are we going to maximize this? So let's keep the kitchen a galley style and then let them flow into a high top table mm. in front of those oversized yep. windows where you have lots of light coming in. There are three full size um, little bar stools yep. Yep. that are open. Yep. And then we have the chaise lounge built into the couch, which does have a full-size, queen-size pull-out bed. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And it does have a Tempur-Pedic mattress on it. I mean, it's very, it's an amazingly comfortable couch. I've fallen asleep there most nights already. So. <laughs> oh, good. That's good to hear. But we also wanted there to be a separate space. So if somebody had to do some work, mm. you know, and needed some just quiet space or wanted to read a book where we have the two oversized chairs and, you know, that desk in the back is a flip top. So you could actually flip that out and set it up um, for a laptop yeah, yeah. or, you know, workstation. So we just wanted there to be some kind of flexibility with the space in the event somebody needed some private space sure you know a wide open floor plan is great people love it but functionally there's no privacy yeah, yeah. with that yeah no and what's funny about what you guys did which i think was the right decision is a lot of the time when you're staying in a smaller space right people not that they skimp on sort of like the luxury component yeah. but they think oh let's, let's take a more sort of like you know uh, farmhouse feel or like let's turn this into something a little bit more rustic right yeah, yeah um and what you guys did is the opposite it's like i mean it, it's just it's beautiful it's i mean every every appliance it's you know immaculately clean like you walk in there and you you do feel like you are in something akin yeah. to the four seasons yeah, just, maybe yeah. the five seasons yeah. right like uh and and i think that um those were all just really, really, really smart int- and clearly intentional decisions. Yeah. So I'm, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, the decision to Airbnb this place at, right? So, you know, JR, you mentioned, right, you were not interested in somebody living here full time. No. Uh, and, you know, you guys are, it's it's close to your home. I mean, it's our right? son's room is right outside. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's intimate. Um, and I'm curious. What did your friends and family think about this? Like, were they were they supportive so of the idea? Little, it was up at Tamaris. She'd never even be the house out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because we travel a lot, so she'd never even be the house out. Yeah. Uh, I've tried to convince him of yeah, that. Yeah, not going to happen. He, uh, he's not on board yet. No. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, no, I mean, it, it, you know, the way I look at it, it uh, I mean, well, she's obviously being in real estate. It thinks about how to monetize every house asset that yeah. we could have. And, uh, 
So, but being that it's on our main property, you know, she, uh, it's a good idea. I mean, it helps hey, looking at it this way. It, I mean, that thing has paid our mortgage. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's just nice to have that. And we forgot we even had the Airbnb account. I think we went to go look in there and it's like, Oh geez, I forgot we had this money in here. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's good. It just helps pay. It's like a rainy day fund. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we'll eventually have another house this year, whether it's a beach house or another house in Florida or something, we'll probably Airbnb that out as well. But mm. no, it's, um, and yet we don't even have it on VRBO. We've talked about it, never have done it. Yeah, it's only on Airbnb. And, uh, you know, honestly, like at the price range that we have it listed for, um, for me, we don't want people who just want to be here for one night. Sure. Yeah. We want people who are going to be committing to three nights yep. and are going to appreciate the space. And you get a higher class person too, you know. Well, yeah. somebody yeah. who is going to be respectful of yeah. our space. Sure. You know, because it is it was very expensive for us to renovate it that way. Yeah. yeah. And everything is white. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Yeah. So white things are, you know, hard to maintain. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're very, um, we're very finicky people. So everything is white and bright and new. And if we have to replace things, we replace them. And, you know, we want every person to feel like they're the first person who has been in the, in the mm, cottage. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that again has to do with just the experience and our expectation of who our tenant is, yeah. but more so who our tenant, what the expectation of who we are, Yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah. And so the Airbnb thing for me was just, again, I can't say it enough about giving an exceptional over the top experience where people can come here they will want to come back and for us to benefit as an investment yeah. because it is an investment we take it very seriously we run it like a business but we want to create those relationships so our people come back yeah yeah no and and you know i think that the, it's funny that you say this because uh the first thing that we thought when we walked in and, and Gabby even commented, she said, wow, it feels like we're the first people to have stayed here. So yeah. well done. Perfect. You did it. And you guys have nailed it. Oh, yeah, yes. that's, yeah. I mean, that's, it's so, so impressive. It, yeah. it, it really is. So I have to imagine, right? You guys, how long has it been on Airbnb? About a year, a couple January. years? Oh, Just yeah. in January. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Nine brand months. new. Yeah. Okay. So have you had any like interesting experiences <laughs> with guests that you can talk about? We learned our Airbnb lesson. Now, she set up the Airbnb account. I didn't. Originally, originally, because Airbnb gives you suggestions. Okay, okay. And I would recommend reaching out to your local realtor for pricing suggestions and not <laughs> using the no, suggestions but just, but just of Airbnb. Knowing how, to, knowing how to set it up. Sure. You know, because they're, they're telling you how to maximize every night's rented like a Motel 6. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, and we're not Motel 6. No, <laughs> no, no. So. so in the beginning, apparently somebody thought we were. Yeah. <laughs> so we fix that right away. Like no one night, two night stays. It's, yeah. Right, know. right. Because yeah. we had some bad experiences yeah. with that to the point where Jr. was like, "We're done. Yeah. We're not doing I'm this done again." With this shit like <laughs> yeah. that. There's no more Airbnb. Yeah. Forget it. I don't need it. You know. But yeah. So now we're like, "Hey, so you're gonna come here? You're gonna pay to come here and just yep. pay a, if you can't afford it, then not to be a jerk. Yeah. I don't want you here. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 
Okay, but there, yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to learn the process. Sure. This is a process. This is a business. You are naive when you go into this because you're like, oh my God, these people are going to treat my house nice. They're going to appreciate what we did. They're going to love it. They're going to love us. Yeah. And everybody is not that way. So, <laughs> you know, it's like all rainbows and roses yeah, yeah, when you yeah. first open your account and then you realize, okay, there are things that will we'll need to tweak. There are things that we're going to need to change. There's expectations we have to set and then we will find our people. Yeah. It's really about attracting your tribe. It's about attracting your people. Yeah. And those, you don't want to steer away from that. Yeah. It's funny you say that because um, we had somebody on the show uh, a few weeks ago who is kind of a full-time Airbnb design consultant. And she works with people specifically to help them either take sort of an existing property, yeah. flip it, you know, yeah. Uh, list it full-time on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things she was saying is that the biggest mistake that people make when thinking about a rental property, specifically a short-term rental pro property, is that they don't have a target guest in mind, yeah. like a target like profile yeah, of exactly. guest in mind mm -hmm. when they're designing the space. And mm -hmm. so to your point, people's standards are really different, yeah. right? Like, and, and some people, like, you know, if you are, if, you, if it, the goal is, hey, we want to have this place booked, 30, you know, nights of the month. We don't care who comes, right? You, you should design the space in a particular way. You should buy a particular type of furniture, right? Correct. However, if you are trying to attract a different profile of guests, you know, longer term stays, maybe even like nomads like us, right? Like there are different considerations that you should take, um, um, as you, as you, as you make the play, as you, you know, uh, design the place. So, mm. um, anyways, to your point, well done. I, I think that you guys, that you guys nailed it. So I, I'm curious, um, when, you know, um, you guys are thinking about, um, the future, right. And you think about you're you're in real estate, right. You see lots of homes, right. Mm -hmm. From all over the place. You meet lots of people from all over the place. If you were to start a new Airbnb, if you were to launch a new short-term rental, where would it be? Would it be here? Would it be somewhere else? Talk to us a little bit about sort of like what the, what the future looks like with Airbnb. So I feel like our success with our Airbnb is because we're on site, mm. because we are right yeah. here. Yeah. We, like JR 100%. said, we clean the house ourselves. We yeah. have tried to hire cleaning companies and we pay them and then we go back and we're re-cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, are yeah, yeah. crazy. We don't want a hair, a bug, a speck, a, a nothing. I mean, we are inspecting like we are you know, at NASA, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. it's very important for us to, you know, go through that place and to say, okay, it's perfect. Get out of here. So for us, it would be somewhere close by. We're very fortunate that we live where we live. We're yeah. right on the, you know, right minutes from the Connecticut river. We're minutes from Long Island sound. So our next adventure is going to be a direct waterfront, either on the sound or on the river. And we already have that in motion right now. So that will be our next Airbnb. Okay. Yes. We're okay. very excited about it. And so for that one, you presumably like won't be living living right on property and so what's the plan there like have you guys looked in you still want to be able to manage does it need to be within oh, yeah. distance it'll so be within 15 it? minutes yeah. of the house yeah okay. it'll be within okay. 15 minutes of the house we will and i also feel like you know somebody locked themselves out of the house so if we were yeah. an hour away we would not be able to you know save them 
So we just want to be present. We want them to know that if there's an issue, we're going to handle it. If they need a recommendation, we're here for them. You know, we want our client to, our, our, our guest to have a A plus experience. Yeah. And I think that experience starts with the owner. You know, mm -hmm. if you have yeah. a management company managing your Airbnb, it's a completely different experience than having an owner who's right there ready to fix anything for you, to help you, to, you know, give you a recommendation for yeah. you to have the best experience in the short time that you're here in their town. Yeah. It's funny you say that, you know, we've stayed in close to 50 Airbnbs over the last year and our worst stays of all time, the two worst days of all time were managed by a management company. Yes. And I mean, it, it, it really is. It's just a different experience, mm -hmm. right? You, you get treated like, not even like you're in a hotel, mm -hmm. it, you know, you're treated like, you know, you're talking to a landlord that just doesn't care at all about you. Yeah. And there is just a totally noticeable difference between the hosts that really care, that are interested in that are interested in like the experience right. I mean, we you're just, talking we about. We just rent the house in Pebble Beach for a week. It was twenty five grand for the week. I mean, I mean, and it was run by a management company. Yeah, and it was just yeah. you know, there's nothing in the house. I mean, it's just bare essentials, and it was a you know, a pretty big house. Yeah, in seventeen mile drive, and uh, it was not maintained. No, not maintained, not up to date. It was like yeah. You know, I mean, I said, we were. I said to her, I'm like, here we have a little cottage, and we get more amenities to our yes. Yes. I know. They didn't even have a Keurig. Oh my god. Rookie mistake. Yeah. yeah, it's 2021, yeah. people. I mean, yeah. no, no, you know, no, nothing to cook really. I'm mean, just old pots and pans, not a few utensils for this big house. I'm like, we had a bunch of guests with us. It was really uh, open my eyes up to like what we do here, what we offer our guests. Yeah, it's you know? yeah. yeah, it was disappointing. It was. Yeah. yeah. So to to that point, um, I am always curious when, especially when you have a smaller space, how do you go about deciding what to put in the space and what not to? You guys seem like you've done a really, really good job. And I, I'm just curious from your all's end, like how did you go through, you know what, this is the appropriate number of pots. You know hey, we don't want any more than this. From, like from her real estate experience and staging ah, the house. Okay, because okay. yeah, if it was up to me, I probably have nothing. Else. <laughs> <laughs> or, or have so much shit, like you would open a cabinet and everything would fly out. But I would say just from her, you know, staging houses, you know, five days a week. Yeah. So. Yeah. The yeah. thing of it is, when too, I clean the house, I'll, she'll do a once over, and if I have a towel not in alignment. You know, you know, she's like, honey, you didn't the towels. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. put the blanket on the bed the right way. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, the small, yeah. De small details matter to me, especially, again, in my industry. Like, all those details matters, and it does flow over into the, the cottage. Um, I feel like we are very we have very high expectations we do wherever yeah. we travel yeah mm. and we wanted the cottage to meet and exceed our own expectations which we feel are probably greater than the majority of the world yeah. so yeah. um and we also ask our guests is there anything that we're missing yeah. is yeah. there anything yeah. that you found yeah. that you may have needed or preferred during your stay and yeah. there have been some things where i'm just like oh my gosh we didn't have salt and pepper or oh my gosh <laughs> we drink our coffee black we didn't think to give you sugar yeah. you yeah. know yeah. and those are things from the very beginning where we're like yeah. how yeah. did we forget that so now yeah. we have the salt and the pepper and we have the pan yeah. spray and we have you know those things and obviously with covid we had you know all of the um you know a whole thing of ingredients and, and, yeah. and parsley and this and that 
that. But with COVID, we took all that away, yeah. you know, yeah. so we sure. had to make some changes with COVID. But um, yeah, we wanted it to meet or exceed. And then obviously getting feedback is so important. And that's something that um, other hosts should do yeah. because yeah. there are things that you don't realize that people are expecting and they're not there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, too, you guys have just done a, a really good job. I loved the welcome note, too, where you do say, hey, if there's anything that you're missing, right, like, let us know. We try to keep this place, you know, it's it's a small, tight space, right? We try to keep it simple. We try to, you know, give you everything that you need and, and not more than you need. But if you need anything, we're, you know, right over there. So I, I really appreciated that that note. And again, we've had we've had everything that that we've needed. I'm, I'm curious, are you ever tempted to just, like, Throw in the towel. Like, is, is there, has there ever been a guest experience where you're like, "Oh my gosh, never again"? I just no, I can't do this anymore. I think the first, the first two or three okay. times, yeah, before I figured Airbnb out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you have we probably to... should look at the YouTube video to see like tips for proper Airbnb mm-hmm. methodology. Maybe we should make a tips for proper <laughs> there Airbnb. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, I, I wouldn't hesitate to do it again. But to your point, that your uh, Airbnb. Consultation, consultation person said, said you know, knowing, you know, that, knowing that demographic who you want, because yeah. we didn't think of that in the beginning, you know, we had an expectation, had an expectation of who would sign up for it, but, you know, we didn't, know, we didn't know how to, how to when you set up your profile, someone could book it automatically without you approving them. Right. That's 100% out. Yeah. If they have no review, we're, yeah, we won't take some with no reviews. It just, yeah. they can be great. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. need to be the first guinea pig, you know? Yeah. So to that point, you know, I think that sometimes the disappointing part is, is that, you know, we do ask, you know, if you break something, please let us know. If, if something yeah. gets damaged, please let us know. And um, we had a guest where there was, I mean, it was the strangest thing. Yeah. Yeah. One of our little boat pillowcases went missing and I was really mad about it because the sheet set was like $75 <laughs> and I can't just buy one more pillowcase. And I'm like, why would they take the case and you know um, one of the wine glasses was broken and and again I we understand that there's gonna be casualties of war sure, yeah, sure. you know we get it but just tell us just yeah, let us know yeah. so the next guest isn't saying why is there only one wine glass you know because we have the red wine the white wine the champagne flutes you know we have yeah. everything lined Fully up yeah. so whatever you need is there um, so I think that's you know really for me the only frustrating part is you know there are things that we realize oh my gosh we have to replace this and now somebody new is coming in and maybe we don't have it and we're rushing around like maniacs to make sure that yeah. it's there for them or we deliver it after the fact um but all in all um i think that we've had a very good experience outside of the growing pains of the very beginning of airbnb yes yes Would you agree? yeah agreed agreed yeah. so a so, couple final questions for you guys one is just around have you ever stayed in an airbnb yourselves and if so what was that experience like well we stayed in two in california yeah, we've, yeah we've, we've done California, California, California Bay Island. Bay Island. We've done uh, 
We've done a, we've bunch, done a bunch of them. Yeah, we've yeah, probably, yeah, probably done about ten. Do you find, do you find, do you find yourselves like comparing your Airbnb? Well, since we did this one, yes. Yeah. Okay, you know what, yeah, we yeah. A lot more than I mean, the one in Amelia Island was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the house was nice. Was Again, the locations are always really great, but the kitchens never have anything in it. There's, I feel like there's never enough towels. No, no. Um, they do not give you shampoo and conditioner, yeah. um, mm. or body wash. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of just very simple things that are always missing. Um, they never have a Keurig. They never have, I mean, we're lucky to get a coffee pot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we're big coffee drinkers. So for us, yeah. I know yeah. I've already said that again, but all of our Airbnbs seem to be missing it. Um, yeah. I just feel like, a, like we have a bunch of, like we have throws and blankets and pillows. And again, we want our guests to be comfortable and feel at home. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the Airbnbs that we have stayed in have been very stark. If I'm mm. cold, I don't have a blanket, you know? Um, so, you know, everybody has their own idea of what it means to be hospitable and to host yeah. somebody, but I think it really does take a lot of effort to bring the experience to the level of where you feel like you have a concierge service at a hotel. And that's really yeah. what we want to give. And, you know, I do hope that in the future that more Airbnb owners, you know, raise their standard to that because I feel yeah. like it'll just be great for the industry and I feel like Airbnb will have a better name because of it. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And to that point too, I think that there is this stark contrast between people that see it just as a business, Correct. right? Yeah. And not totally. as like, like I am selling a room or I am yeah. selling a home yeah. for a couple of nights as opposed to I'm selling an experience. Right. Yeah. Right. And when you sell an experience and you actually deliver on the experience, right. Then, then you can charge a premium, right? Like, and I think that that's the lost art right now in Airbnb hosting is that people think, Oh no, 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 no. I got to run this like a business. I have, I can't afford another coffee pot. I'll just, you know, whatever people will figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And instead it's like, no, 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 no. Like you're looking at this the wrong way. Like you could actually, charge more than you're charging now if you spent a little bit of money and trying to figure out how do I make this into a concierge like experience how do when people walk in here how do they how do I give them sort of this feeling that they're not just home right but they're in a place better than home yeah, exactly. or more comfortable exactly. than home yeah and that's where the old adage like it takes money to make money I mean you have to spend money and put investment into your place to make money back so but you're right people lose it they just that's a room to rent out it's money per night I don't care, I don't yeah. care if they like it or not because there's someone else that's going to rent it for the night. So Yeah. 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 So my final question for you guys is if close friends were to come and they were to say, Maris, JR, all right, we're thinking about doing an Airbnb, right? Knowing what you know now, right, about the building process, the renovation process, the listing on Airbnb for the first time and running into this obstacle problem, you know, uh, what, what would you share with them is like a couple of pro tips of, hey, you know, they're close friends, so you can be honest, right? Like, they're not like, you know, casual people that you're like, oh, it's great. You, just, you, know, you, can, you can shoot straight with them. What are a couple of pieces of advice that you'd give them? I think, you know, just... Make it, make it where it's, it's easy, easy to clean. To you know, use materials, you know, you know, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, in the kitchen that are easy to clean, that aren't going to stain. Um, you know, you know, use, use like a quartzite instead of a marble, so it doesn't stain with anything like that. Um, one thing, one thing we're missing in there is is, a, is an oven hood. You know, because some people have cooked with curry and a lot of heavy stuff, and 
I literally, I literally thought we were going to have to paint the place over. over. I mean, it was like oh, no. literally airing out for a week straight and everything in there. So, you know, but, you know, just make it um, and just, I don't know, I'm trying, trying to think of some other ideas. Some other ideas well, I think, you know, we're talking to friends and we're being brutally honest. It's just, you know, guys, do not look at this as a business. You have to look at this as hospitality. This is a hospitality industry. If you want to be successful, you have to make it your own. You have to. We made the little house a small version of our house. You know, we made sure we had a really comfortable bed for our clients and our and our yeah. guests. We wanted to make sure we had great linens and, and cozy blankets and nice furniture that's going to hold up. Do not put cheap things in the house. It is you're you're going to buy them five times over. Spend yeah, the yeah. money up front. That is that would really be my two cents. If you don't have good design, like a good sense of design, bring somebody in to help you. You pay a designer, you're going to get your money back. You know, um, it's an incredible business if you run it properly. It's a frustrating business if you don't. Beautifully said. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, this has been awesome. I just want to thank you both, too, for opening up your place to us. We've loved it. We've really enjoyed it. And we encourage all of our listeners to come and stay. We will have links to the place below in the show notes. And folks can kind of click over and view the place and, and book it. So thank you both for your time. It's been it's been a pleasure. You're welcome. I hope to help you guys again. So yes. Yes. Yeah, welcome back anytime. Yes. Thank you. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.